Welcome to Inside the Tribe Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Stevens, here with co-host Bill Bars. Bill, it was a wild weekend in college sports. We'll talk about that a little bit here in a few minutes. But, Bill, uh, before we get into anything else, you've got a word for the week. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we were talking just a minute ago, and, and, and it's about, uh, you know, life being short and, and not taking stuff for granted. And, um, you know, I thought about it. Uh, Bristol and them, of course, played soccer up in Atlanta or Peachtree City this past weekend. And um, I thought about it on the drive home, and I thought about it again uh, this morning while I was getting dressed. But, you know, I got to thinking with with these girls that that her and Caroline and Heidi and um, and even Avery who plays in a younger group Avery Connor, you know these girls are all from different places, and um, and for Bristol and them's group, you know they they'll play about three to four more years together, and then after that it's over, and um, you know with these girls living in separate places. You know, there's a there's a 95% chance that after they play their last soccer match, um, you know, there's a 95% chance that that those girls would probably never see each other again, ever. Right. Um, and uh, you know, in, in realizing that, then you go back and try to try to uh, you know capture some of the moments that that's kind of passed you by during the season. Where, where you were rushed from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing and not enjoyed the moment. And and you look at that now in life. And, um, you know, I think we take some things for granted in life and, and that causes us to let life pass us by, mm. so to speak. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where um, you just have to – slow down and enjoy the moment, enjoy what's going on, whatever it is, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, fellowship, uh, you know, at your church, whether it's whatever, um, and not, you know, wish uh, one thing to the next. And, you know, I got to looking um, and we were talking about the Bible verse, and it's actually James four fourteen. yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears, and for a little time, and then vanishes. Yep. And, and you know that that's so true. And you're talking about this time. You know it's gone by, and before too long, those four years of soccer uh, will be gone. And middle school basketball. You know we had our middle school. Um, the eighth graders had their recognition day yesterday at the basketball game. And you know that group of eighth graders will be going to high school. Well, it seemed like just a few days ago, um, you know, we were we were watching them play their first middle school basketball game in the sixth grade. And, and time passed us by, you know, quickly. So, you know, my thing is enjoy your time. Take your time and enjoy your time. Enjoy the people around you. Enjoy what's going on. And, you know, be thankful for that time that you have. Yeah. Well, um, there's another verse in Colossians 4 where Paul says, he says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Then he kind of puts this tag on the end, making the best use of the time. 
Now, making the best use of the time, and you know, we were you were referencing James four fourteen a while ago about you know life being a mist and a vapor. Like we all get that. I mean, the older we get, the faster time seems to go, right? Like it, it just seems like the accelerator gets mashed harder and harder, and life just flashes before ours. I mean, when we were kids, time seemed to drag. When we have kids, time seems to fly. And I can remember, I can remember when my oldest son started ninth grade. It seemed like it was over just like that. Uh, I remember my, I remember his junior year, and both of my sons that have graduated. I remember both of their junior years, or at the end of their junior year, thinking it's their senior season. And with every one of them, I had this feeling of, man, this is the last time that they'll do this. You know, it was their last, you know. It was their last football game, their last basketball game, their last soccer game, their last whatever. And it, it just seems like you become so much more aware of how quickly time passes. That I, I just remember my, their, the, both of their senior seasons just thinking to myself, man, I, I want to cherish this moment. Right. I, I really want to try to like, take it in. I felt, I felt myself trying to grab glimpses of, I mean, it's almost like if your, your mind is uh, the, the storage bank for the things that your eyes are recording. It was like I wanted to be more intentional about paying more attention to the things that were happening. And it's the same It's what you're talking about here. I mean, we're just trying to – I think, again, the older we get, the more of life we experience, the more we realize it goes by really fast. And so I think there's a warning in both of these verses. You know, life is a vapor. Um, and we need to make sure that we're making the best use of our time. And what are we doing right now that is really going to make a, a difference in, in our life and in the lives of others? You know, we can, we can think as, um, I don't know, especially in the culture we live in with this whole concept and idea of retirement. We all want to retire and be able to enjoy retirement, but... You know, we, we tend to put a lot of the good things off in life. We'll do it one day, right? We always say this one day. One day we'll do this. One day we'll do that. One day we'll play with our kids or one day we'll enjoy it, go out. You know, like my kids come out and go, hey, let's go throw the ball. And, you know, a lot of times I would say, well, I don't have time right, right now. Right, right. Man, those are the things that are important. Those are the things that matter. Um, and, and even more so, one of the things that I uh, sent out to our men's group this morning mm-hmm was, um, you know, here's, here's, you know, we're doing a study through Joshua and on his life. And, you know, the, 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 one of the things we talked about is, you know, we, we have, we spend our whole lives collecting material, collecting mm-hmm. stuff that we're going to one day pass down to our kids. And the question that, you know, we were kind of hit with this morning is, well, what are we passing down that matters? What are we, are we passing down the things, like we pass down things like, um, um, you know, like heirlooms, things like that. Right, material things. Yeah. Um, a- another thing that, you know, we've probably all are guilty of as, as parents is, you know, we want our kids to have the things that we didn't have. Right. Well, while we're busy doing all those things, are we busy actually passing down the things that we did have? We might not have had. when I know when I was growing up, I didn't have much. But what I – but. But what are the things that we're passing down that we do have? And one of the things that I really want to make sure that my kids understand is, like, I, I want them to know God. I want them to worship God. I want them to serve God. Because I believe that the greatest peace that they will ever have in life, and, you know, Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundant. 
I just think that the greatest life that my kids will ever live is one that is lived dead in the center of God's will. And that's the thing that I want to pass down. That's the thing that I can pass down to them. No amount of money, no amount of uh, material possessions, nothing. There's nothing that I can pass down to them that is, in, that is more valuable than their faith in God. And really, um, I mean, I want them to see, I want them to see my faith, but I don't want them to have my faith. I want them to have their own faith. faith. Because, you know, there's going to come a day when I won't be here. And, and I want my kids to know that there is a God who loves them and there is a, a, lot, there is a way to live their life that Jesus says is abundant. And um, because, again, life is a vapor yeah. and it goes by so fast. Well, and like you said, you know, what, what are you, not you specifically, but me, you, whomever, yeah. what are you going to leave behind right. for them to hold on to this important not right. really material things mm-hmm. yeah there's material things that they'll cherish this was dad's this or mom's that or you know whatever right but more importantly you know life life lessons yeah yeah that they can say well i remember dad saying this or i remember mom telling me this or if i get in this situation this is what i do or mm-hmm. you know hey look i was raised in a church this is where my faith is. This is where we're going to be on Sundays, Wednesdays, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, but again, I, you know, I, I just I thought about that and how quickly life goes by, yeah. and how you know God tells us basically, and I'm paraphrasing here to slow down and enjoy it, so to speak, and not miss anything, um, and, and count on, I guess, count on Him, and basically let Him drive the bus, yeah, so to speak, um, and. Uh, you know, I, again, I just got to thinking about that and, you know, just thinking that, you know, there's parts of your life that you spend with people um, and God put them there for a reason. Whatever that reason is, sometimes we never know, mm-hmm. um, like a teammate or like a, you know, a, a coworker or, or whoever. And, and they, he puts them there for a reason. And, um, you know, to everything there's an end. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's uh, – you you may go and, and never see that person or that group of people again ever. Right, right. Um, but but you know God put them there for a reason and a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, whether it's the middle school football team, the middle school basketball team, travel soccer team, whoever, you know, God put that group of people together mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. And He might have taken one out during that time or added one two during that time, but everything was for a reason. Yeah, and you know, with that whole concept of life being a vapor, Paul sa- James saying that, then Paul saying, make the best use of the time. You know, when you think about your day-to-day schedule, make sure that you're making the best use of time. Yes. Life is short. Yes. You only have a brief window of influence in your kids' lives, in your wife, your husband, your whoever, whoever, the, whoever those people are that you put in that blank. Make the best use of time, knowing that it goes by quick. And um, make sure you take the time to do the things that are really important, which for me is um, just in my life is making sure that my kids know who God is and uh, trust him with their life. And not just when I say their life, I don't mean just like what happens at the end of life. I mean, trust him with your life and your day-to-day decisions. Well, and and really quick, uh, Psalms 39, 4 through basically 6. 
Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you, at best, each of us but a breath interlude. We are merely moving shadows, and all of our busy rushing ends in nothing. Mm. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. Yeah, that's good. That's mm-hmm. really good. Well, um, hope it's a hope. this has been a good reminder for you. Um, hope it was a, a word of encouragement for you, something just for us to put wisdom in our heads and then act on it. Uh, last week was the first week, Bill, since – we started the podcast, which was back in August, that we really haven't had anything football-wise. <laughs> going on. Yeah, high yeah. school football-wise, yeah. anyway. Um, but we did have basketball last week. And um, according to what the schedule says and the results say, if these are correct, we lost a tough one to Lanier County by two points. And Lanier came in at 4-2. and two. I guess they're 5-2 and two now. Right. Lost a close one at home uh, by two on December the 1st. Yeah. So I think now that – Coach Green's got all of his players. I think we will begin to see a team gel together. Um, actually, uh, the game was tied, I think, 52-52. to 52. Mm-hmm. And um, Lanier hit a – literally hit a shot when the buzzer went off. Um, and, and they won by two points. That was the boys' game, of course. Yeah. Um, the girls' game, they're still still building, trying to, trying to build their momentum. The girls – Coach Brown, and and it's been this way uh, for for a few years now, and um, you know, uh, Coach Williams started it, started the building process, um, but it's going to take a few years for the girls to get built back up. You know, there's one thing that Coach told me one time is some teams, a, as you're building that team and getting towards success, at some point you have to learn how to win. I know that sounds odd to those who may not understand it, but you have to learn to win. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the girls are at. Now, our middle school girls have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but, but our girls are going to have to learn to win. They're going to have to learn how to overcome adversity. They're going to have to learn how to, uh, how, how to you know, take those punches and counterpunch and uh, – they, they've still got some learning to do, but, you know, with Coach Williams starting it, Coach uh, Malone Brown now, they're going in that direction. They've just got to learn how to win. Yeah, and that is, you're right, 100% right. That is something that it, you have to learn. It, it's not just – it's called culture. You know, yes. you you got to create a culture where there's an expectation that, they're, that you're going to win. And, uh, you know, obviously we believe in our coaches and they'll, they'll get the oh, job yeah. done. Uh, this week – uh, I think Saturday. Saturday is uh, boys and girls both have home games against Cook. Cook yep. That'll be here at, starting at 4 o'clock with the girls and then the boys to follow, um, I'm assuming, at probably 5, 5.30, somewhere in there. What about middle school, Ball? Um, middle school is, is – they will wrap up their season this week. Uh, they both played Dooley County yesterday at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys – they're getting better. They, they lost, I think, by eight to Dooley. I thought they played really well. Um, they just kind of dug themselves a hole early um, and, and couldn't – they could make runs, but they never could really dig out of the hole. Um, the girls beat Dooley 32-22. to 22. 
Um, the girls are undefeated in the conference. Good. Uh, they're 12 and two overall. They did lose to Fitzgerald this past Saturday um, in a non-conference game, uh, 38 to 30. Um, now we were not there, of course, because we were over in Savannah. I mean, in uh, Peachtree City playing soccer. Mm -hmm. But my understanding was in talking to some of the parents that Fitzgerald was actually beating us 23 to nothing at halftime. 23 to nothing. Yes. Wow. And the final score was 38 to 30. Wow. Wow. What, what a great comeback. So, um, you know. That's tough to be blanked in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, but they Fish, – Fisher does a good job of – they full court press just about the whole game, mm -hmm. no matter what the score is. Right. Um, and, and they do it well. Mm -hmm. and, um, so, and they did it to us while we were here mm -hmm. um, and put us in the same kind of hole and we couldn't dig out of it. Um, they had us down pretty good here at the halftime. And actually in the second half wound up – we they wound up outscoring us only, I think, 12 to 11 here the second half. But it took us a whole half to get used to what they were doing um, and, you know, just fell behind. But, um, but yeah, 38 to 30 to Fitzgerald Saturday and then beat Dooley yesterday 32 to 22. They will go to Macon County Thursday to wrap up their regular season. Um, again, the girls are 12 and two overall in the conference. I mean, in overall, and they're uh, I guess now 12, seven, about, about nine or ten and zero in the conference. Um, the conference playoffs will start not uh, will start next week. Um, I believe Coach Sheila uh, Martin said that they would play Atkinson County in the first round here. Okay. Monday. Monday. Probably a 4 or 4.30 start time, I would imagine. Um, so, and the, to the best of my calculations, as long as we win, we will stay here at home. Um, even the championship, if we make it to the championship, it, uh, I believe the North is hosting this year, so it – because the North hosted football. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's not done sport by sport. It's done overall. And um, so we should, I believe, host – if we make it to the conference championship, we should host it. Okay. Well, um, we have high school football championships starting – Yes. Is it Monday? Mon yes, Monday. Monday. Yeah. So, just we'll take just a second and recap, let you know what's going on in Georgia high school sports as far as football goes. In low A, it's going to be um, – well, let me say high A is going to be Prince Avenue in Swainsboro. Rematch of last year's state championship game. Uh, you know, I, listen, good luck to Swainsboro, but probably not going to happen. I'm pulling for my, our old friend, Coach yeah. Roberts. Oh, absolutely. I, I hope that, that they do well, and I hope they figure out something that – we were not able to figure out, or Bryan County was not able to figure out. Um, I just don't see it. I just think that Prince Avenue has too many weapons. Don't get me wrong, Swainsboro's a good football team. Um, but I just think Prince, <clears throat> Prince Avenue's got too many weapons um, for them to deal with. Um, I hope it doesn't happen, but I look for Prince Avenue to win by – Probably three touchdowns. That's what I guess is about three touchdowns. You know, Prince Avenue, as I think about this Prince Avenue-Swainsboro matchup, Prince Avenue's defense is just really, really good. I mean, thinking about it realistically, 
I'm thinking Swainsboro might get two touchdowns, maybe. And that's just not going to be enough to beat Prince Avenue. Right. Prince Avenue's – they're going to score 35, 42, somewhere in that range. They, they have not yet been held under 40 points in the playoffs. Um, they scored uh, – they scored 72 against Mount Vernon. They scored 41 against us. They scored 49 against Bryan. So, yeah, I, I think they're probably going to score over 40, and there's no way. I don't yeah. think there's any way Swainsboro can score 40 points, not unless P Prince Avenue turns the ball over you a know, lot. I, I was looking at this, and I, I, I have an Instagram account. I don't put very much on Instagram, but mm -hmm. there's one of the things that I follow and is, is uh, some type of Georgia high school football site on, on Instagram. And throughout the season, they rank the teams one through ten, and they have them on like a totem pole. Mm. And so, you know, one may be at the very top, two may be barely up under it, three may be down a little bit further. Mm -hmm. For you know, they, they rank them as far as where they think they are. And I get I get comical relief out of this yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Um, of course, they have Prince Avenue Christian at the very top. Sure. They have a pretty good gap between them and Swainsboro. Swainsboro's two. Mm. Um, they have a, a very small gap between Swainsboro and Brooks, mm -hmm. which so far so good. I agree with all that. Right. right up under Brooks, they have Commerce back-to-back. -back. Horrible. Commerce is not very good. Um, then under Commerce, a little bit, they have Dublin at five. Mm, I could probably go for that. Dublin wasn't a bad football team. Right. Um, right up under Dublin, they have Rabin County. I don't buy that either, mm. uh, I think. Brooks beat them by, what, 20 or 20-plus. 20 mm -hmm. um, right up under Raven, they have Tryon. So, so five, six, and seven are basically back-to-back. -back. Um, they had Elbert County under Tryon a little bit down. Um, under Elbert, at number nine, they got Bryan County. Bryan, yeah. Prince Avenue put yeah. up 42 on them in the first half. Right. <laughs> it took them – granted, Prince Avenue put up 41 on us. It took them the whole game. Mm -hmm. They put up 42 on Bryan in, in the, the first, first half. half. Yeah. Um, and then under Brian at number 10, they have Blakely County. Um, that's why uh, I get the comic. Team, the team that we beat 31 31 nothing. nothing. Right, right, right. <clears throat> gotcha. And, and so, um, you know, so I, I get comical relief. And they do every classification like this. Yeah. Um, and so I was reading up on it, and somebody had asked them, how do they do this? Oh, well, they have metrics they go by and strength of schedule and this. And, you know, I want to put on their dude. We made it to the quarterfinals. Mm -hmm. We beat – we played Prince Avenue. We played like five or six of those teams on there. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I don't think we should be above Brooks. No, I don't think we should be above Prince. No, I don't think we should be above Swainsboro. Yes, I do think we should be above Blakely. I've seen Commerce and Bryan play. Neither one of them are very good. And, and realize now, okay, Prince Avenue scored 42 on Bryan in the first half. Bryan – and and um, commerce were like neck and neck the whole game. In fact, it might have went to overtime. I can't remember. Yeah. But it was like eight to eight at halftime, and so you know, and and, and we'll get into that because this is going to kind of parlay as we go on into the college football thing that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But uh. But anyway, so I I, I get comical relief out of out of seeing some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, it, it kind of now we get to see as everything is kind of shaken out, 
it kind of gives us a measuring stick of even though we were in the situation we were in with the injuries, with, with the draw that we got in the playoffs, you know, where does this team stack up at the end of the day? We're at really the one of the top four or five teams. Agreed. Yeah. That's, that was the point I was getting to. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, low A is uh, Telfair's uh, um, magical journey came to an end, 35-13 yeah. to Manchester. So Manchester will be taking on Bowden. Bowden and Sly had a knockdown drag out, 35-31. And so Bowden and Manchester will be playing next week for the state championship in low A. Um, I actually got to watch a little bit of the Bowden and Sly game. Yeah. Because uh, I sat at home and I kind of, <clears throat> you know – this this internet TV and and it's it's, it's pretty neat. So you go, to, I went to NFHS and I'd watch a little bit of Fitzgerald over here and I'd watch it. You know, I just flip kind of back and forth. Um, and they did have a shootout. In fact, um, it was back and forth. Like slide, take the lead, bound, take the lead, slide, and it was back and forth. And there was about uh, three minutes left to go in the game. Uh, Sly had the ball on roughly about the Bowden twenty. Uh, and couldn't convert on a fourth down, and then Bowden got the ball back and run the clock out. Um, so that was a back and forth shootout. I, I really look for Manchester. Um, Manchester runs wing T, and I, I look for Manchester to win. Uh, whoever plays the best defense that game's going to win. Yeah. Well, um, there was uh, there was a shocker to me last week in two. I thought Pierce County would probably win, but I didn't know for sure. But I, I really thought that was – Fitzgerald and Pierce I thought was going to be a really close game. Could really honestly go either way. But, man, Pierce stuck it to Fitzgerald. I didn't – I know Fitzgerald's not terribly explosive. Right. But their power run game, man, it's almost like they just go in and enforce their will on you. And, um, man, 35 – I did not see 35-7 coming. I don't know about you. Well – not necessarily that score, but I knew that once Fitzgerald run up against a team who had the same size they had right. as far as player for player mm -hmm. and um, not only had the size but had the depth to rotate out that size, um, I, I figured that Fitzgerald would be in trouble. Right. And uh, and it's exactly what they run into. You know, he, did you see the stats on the quarterback from Pierce? I did not. He rushed for like 350-something yards. Wow. Holy moly. Yikes. Um, I, and, and I think that was – I'm pretty sure that was right. Um, but he, he was their guy. Now, don't get me wrong. It was – both offenses played in a phone booth. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, Pierce would line up basically two tights, sniffer back, quarterback, and it was power with the quarterback. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, Fistro had a, some opportunities – um, you know, one one of one of the uh, times I think it was maybe fourteen to nothing or twenty one to nothing, and Fitzgerald drove right down the field and scored, and I was mm. like, okay, well here we go. Mm. You know, now we're going to get into a shootout. Yeah. Um, but after that, Pierce kind of held them down and um and did it. So uh, it doesn't necessarily surprise me. Um, uh, the score does. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, but um. You know that that'll set up a a rematch of or not a rematch, but a game between them and one Rock of our opponents this year. Rockmart beat Cook. I was um, again not a shocker, but I really thought I kind of thought Cook might win that game. 
you know, we played Rockmart earlier this season. They beat us, I think it was 28-16. Um, it, it was a it was a fairly, I'm, I'm not going to say close, close game, but, I mean, we played them pretty tough. And, and so uh, I haven't seen Cook in person. I know Cook is pretty good. I know they beat Fitzgerald earlier this year. I really thought Cook might be able to take that game. But Rockmart wins, so that sets up a Rockmart-Pierce County showdown next week for the Class 2A title. And I think that, honestly, I think Pierce beats them couple of touchdowns. I think they're just going to do like they did Fitzgerald and pound, pound, pound. Uh, now, granted, Pierce did throw the ball every once in a while. Um, they tried a couple of long shots. Didn't look very fruitful. Um, but they would throw, like, little quick stops, hmm. five, six-yard stops, um, little quick seam pop passes. Um, so, so, Pierce can throw the ball. Um, I think that if you put Pierce behind the chains, um, it could cause some problems for them. Well, it sounds to me like that might be a big if. Yeah. Uh, Rapid fire through these last several classifications just to fill you in. Cedar Grove wins a shootout against Calvary Day. So Cedar Grove will be taking on Savannah Christian, who pounded Carver 51 to 25 or 26 is what it looks like. Um, In 4A – 4A, Stockbridge um, beat Benedictine 45-31, and they will be taking on Perry, who won over uh, – I'm trying to see who that is. Uh, anyway, they won their game 28-24. to <clears throat> So that sets up a Stockbridge-Perry showdown in the state championship in Class 4A. Over in uh, 5A, we get uh, Creekside beats Jefferson 28-17, and that sets up – a showdown with our friends from the east. Coffee County wins 33-18 to over Cartersville. Pretty impressive win there for Coffee County. Absolutely. And I, I got to watch a little bit of it. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Coffee's defense come into that game giving up like five points a game. Yeah. Um, I think it was 23 to nothing before Cartersville scored their first points. Um Coffee is – coffee, you know, I was talking to some guys a few weeks ago who said that coffee was legit. And and that was the first time. And I didn't watch their whole game. I just, again, flipping back and forth, watching bits and pieces of it. Um, but but coffee looked – coffee looked pretty good. And I tell you what, their offense, um, I, I really wasn't sure because I knew that, you know, when Pruitt was there, it was a wing T type thing. And he kind of morphed it a little bit. And right. then um, – and then with, with Coe – uh, there and knowing his background, or at least where he come from, I figured it would be more wing T stuff. But it was it was it was a lot of spread zone stuff. Um, and uh, coffee looked good. They looked really good. Well, you know what they say: defense wins championships. Absolutely, coffee's got one. So they're they're going to have a good shot. Over in six A, um, Woodward Academy beats Douglas County twenty four twenty one, and they will be facing. Thomas County Central, 13-7 to over Marist. Yes. And that, that'll be an interesting game come 6A next week. I was talking to some people this Saturday while we were playing soccer because we have a couple of girls from Thomasville that play with us. Um, one of them plays at Thomasville. The other one plays at Central Thomasville. And, um, you know, Thomasville and Marist have a, have a history with each other. Okay. Um, if you'll remember – or you, you may not remember, but back many years ago they played each other for a state championship – and do you know who the quarterback from Marist was? 
I don't know. Sean McVay. Sean McVay. All right. Coach of the Rams. Coach of the Rams, yeah, absolutely. He was the quarterback at Marist. Wow. Of course, you had um, a guy who people around here, and you probably know the name, some will not, Joe Burns. Joe Burns. Played at Georgia Tech. He's yeah, a quarterback. I remember that name. He was a quarterback at Thomas County Central, or it was Central Thomasville at the time, yeah, same yeah. school. Um, but anyway, Thomasville and Marist have a history. Now, that's of, where, did Charlie Ward play at Thomas County Central? He played at Thomasville. Thomasville, okay. Yes. Um, and uh, so so they they – those two schools had a history going in. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Marist, of course, a, a powerhouse every year. Thomas County Central generally is – they got a new coach this year, Coach Justin Rogers, who was at Colquitt County at one point in time. I think this is his second year at, at Central Thomasville. But um, you knew it was only a matter of time before he built them back up. And um, I watched part of that game too. Yeah. Um, defense, man, Thomas, uh, Thomas County Central's defense is unbelievable. Wow. They're fast, not necessarily for that classification big, but fast. And, um, you know, Maris run a triple option. Hmm. And um, it was fullback dive, quarterback. Now, the quarterback kind of hurt them at times hmm. on, on keeping it because it looked like, based on how they were defensing it, that that's what they were doing. They they wanted to take the fullback away. They wanted to take the pitch guy away. Mm-hmm. Um, so the quarterback got a few runs, but um, – you know, Thomas County Central scored the first 13 points and then held on from there. Wow. Over in 7A, Walton beats Camden County 41-25. Yeah. And on the other side of that bracket, Milton takes out Grayson. Pretty impressive, 45-35. So we've got a Milton-Walton showdown in 7A. Uh, so that is all of your classification state championship games for high school football in the state of Georgia next week. Uh, hopefully um, – I'm not a big fan, Bill, of the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday no. scheduling. I think that it's, it's, it's bad on so many levels. Number one, your kids, especially the ones who play later games, that's going to cost them two days of school. Mm-hmm. Just say if they play it uh, – I think the one of the Class A games is at like 7 o'clock that Monday night. Well, that's going to cost them Monday school. That's going to cost them Tuesday school. Mm-hmm. Um so that so so it's bad on that level. It's bad on an attendance level because you know there's a lot of people who if it was on a Friday Saturday like it used to be, um, you know we would. I speak for myself when when we weren't playing is me and a guy or two would take off up there and we'd go sit all day and watch football on a Saturday. Mm. I can't do that now because we have to work. Right. Um, and that's a lot of people who would like to go and like to watch who don't have a dog in the fight. Or even if you're at work. I mean, I, I love sitting at home, cutting on, you know, GPB. And right. Just watching high school football all day long. But if you're at work. It can't do so, that. So I think it's a terrible business decision. Yeah. And I'm not so sure that probably they wanted to get back to the bins yeah. to play it indoors. And probably the bins, author blank or whomever said, okay, we'll let you come back, but you can't have any of the weekends. Yeah. Well, give me Georgia State. I'll All day, every day. Or move us to Ma- move us to Macon and let's Mercer. Play, let's play at Mercer. You know, I think that the single A, double A, triple A, and maybe well, since you're going to six classifications, probably leave it there. Easily could play at Mercer. Right. Easily. Yeah. Um, Mercer's got nice. Co- We've been there. Yeah. It's right off of the interstate. Right off the interstate parking. Um, easy to get to, easy to get in, easy to get out, roomy, nice, but you know, sometimes it's all about 
other things than than convenience. Right. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, I just I, I I don't like it on those levels for the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday thing. Um, I just I think it puts the the, the school systems you know, in a bad situation. You know, I was I, I was talking to uh one of the coaches um from uh and I'm trying to see if I can I probably already deleted it. No, here it is. Um Camden County playoffs. Uh, when they when when their season was over and they got back, they have logged over four thousand miles. Yeah, they have done some traveling. <clears throat> over a hundred thousand dollars spent on charter buses, hotels, and food. Wow! And that does not include the band or cheerleaders. Oh my goodness! Hundred thousand dollars! Wow! Wow! <clears throat> and. Uh, I'm, they, fair, I'm fairly confident GHSA isn't toting the tab on that. Oh, no. And just think now, just think. Now, granted, at a school that big, you're going to have more buses. You're going to have more food. You're going to have – so. but just think if it's that for them. Think about if we had to make those same trips to the same locations. Right. How much would it cost us? Probably 30000 Forty thousand. We, we would probably. Well, first of all, we wouldn't have had charter buses. But right. Second of all, we probably <laughs> wouldn't have stayed the night. We'd have, we'd have got on a bus at midnight and drove six hours back home. Right. You know? But I mean, uh, if but, if but, all but that was is. applicable that, that, to that's, us, that's exactly right. Yeah. No, it's 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 terrible. It's ter- we got to figure out something better. We can figure out a better way to do this. You know, I, I would I would be interested if. Let's say you you have to play a playoff game. So, like, Camden had to go way up northwest Georgia a couple rounds ago to play a game. Like, maybe there's a, maybe we could put a rule into place that if, you, if the travel is beyond X number of hours, then we will find a neutral site in the, in the middle somewhere and play the game. You know, they used to – and I couldn't tell you why they've done this. But I remember several, several years ago, of playoff games being played, and I want to say it was it was Fitzgerald or Irwin. I want to say it was Fitzgerald, um, but it might have been Irwin. Had one in Douglas, and it was something to do with the stadium. The stadium didn't seat enough people. Whatever the issue was, um, you know, I remember reading about teams having to search and go to neutral sites and play mm-hmm. for one reason or the other. Mm-hmm. We played um, ECI in 2015 in Swainsboro. In Swainsboro. Yeah. Um, but uh, <clears throat> personally, I wish they would move everything back to the home stadiums. I think it's great for the communities. Yeah. I think it gives you more of an authentic high school playoff football feel, regardless if we have to go to Clinch County and play a state championship game. Regardless, yeah. right? Well, the one year we had it here, what an impressive sight! To yeah, have. I yeah. mean, just people standing everywhere. room only. Yeah, people everywhere. Yeah. And, but but you know, the corporate America takes that away from small town America. Yeah, all of our money's going up to Atlanta, who doesn't need money, right? Yeah. And um, I do. I, I wish it would go back to the home stadiums. I mean, it's nice to go to somewhere and see it and experience it, and you know, you want the kids to. 
I get that part of it. But once you've been once, and and I hate to be, act like I'm patting Urban County on the back because we've been more than once. Mm-hmm. Once you go once, you, you're yeah. you, you're past the wow, look at this. I didn't know it looked like this kind of feeling. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it was cool to go to the Georgia Dome and then to the Bends. But once we went to Georgia State and – much easier process from oh, a team standpoint, yes. getting in and out. Yeah, I would listen. I, fans may disagree; their experience may be great from a Mercedes-Benz Stadium standpoint. But listen, give me—I'll take our high school stadium, or any high school stadium, or Georgia State over over doing all because it, it's it is a nightmare from a logistic standpoint. It is, it is, and I can say that firsthand. You know because you've been there and you've seen that. Mm-hmm. I know because I've been there and seen that about how much of a headache it was getting in and out of the bins and mm-hmm. getting people to cooperate and give you answers and show you what you needed to do mm-hmm. versus Georgia State where you pull up, you drop off. There's the locker room. The, the, you know, the the people there, security there, whatever. Hey, y'all go right here. Hey, you can park right here. You park right there. You know, if, if you got anybody else coming, is there anybody else we need to let in? Um you know, that kind of thing. So, so it was – I loved – and I tell people now, I loved going to Georgia State. I loved it yeah. ju- just from the logistical standpoint and them working with you, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, no, you can't go there. Right. No, you can't park there. Um, it was just better. But yeah. R- well, ran over. <laughs> yeah. Last but certainly not least, um, you know, man, what a, what a wild weekend of college football. Bill, I, you know, I, I said last week, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I, I know I mentioned this to several people that I had conversations with. The NCAA playoff committee were hoping and praying that Georgia beat Alabama because if yeah. Alabama beat Georgia, it was going to create absolute chaos, and it did because they were in a position of, okay, well, once Alabama beat Georgia – they were in a position of, okay, so do we move Bama from eight all the way to four to get them in? Do we drop Georgia from one out of the top four, which would be unprecedented? Mm-hmm. Then if Bama gets in, well, their one loss is to Texas. Does, and, the, and the committee has, since this whole thing's been going down, the, the committee has kept Texas ahead of Alabama the whole time. Right. So do then do you have to slide Texas in? Well, what about if Florida State wins and they go undefeated? What do you do with Florida State? Because they're undefeated. They won their conference championship. I think they deserve to get in. Mm-hmm. But the committee releases the poll on Sunday afternoon. No Florida State, no Georgia. Texas and Bama get in. And listen, I'm not saying that Texas and Bama – maybe aren't one of the four best teams. I don't know. But you cannot tell me that, number one, Georgia's not one of the four best teams. And you also cannot tell me that Florida State did not deserve to get in. You know, we um, – I got to watch the game. And, um, you know, the results are what they are. Yeah. And and so now you go to this. And I had a feeling going in that if Georgia lost, they wouldn't get in. Right. Um Regardless if they lost by one point or 50 points. Yeah. Um, and, and I had that feeling. So, you know, it doesn't – I have questions and stuff that I don't understand because I was reading an article, I think it was yesterday, where like some of the criteria that they used two years ago, three years ago, where it had to be this and this, and if you done this, you didn't get in, and if you done that. Well, this time they went totally against that. 
Um, I remember Alabama not winning the conference, and I believe they didn't even make it to the SEC championship game. That would be correct. And got into the playoffs. Right. Um, so here's a team, and I'll use Georgia for instance, and, and trying to be objective, mm-hmm. is they went undefeated. Mm-hmm. They did make the conference championship game. Right. They've been ranked number one all year. Back-to-back national title. And 29 in a row. And, and they lose a three-point game in the conference championship and you drop them completely out of the top four, which is unprecedented. Mm -hmm. Never happened before. Never. To anybody, not Georgia, any number one team, any. Yeah. And we drop them. Not only we drop them out, we drop them all the way to six. Yeah. I I saw an argument for this, and this made so much sense to me. I saw an argument that said if this were a 12-team playoff this year, Mm -hmm. would Georgia have dropped that far? The answer is no. Mm -mm. If this were a 12-team playoff, would Florida State be in the top four? The answer is absolutely yes. Mm -hmm. Well, number one, first and foremost, beyond, like I said, I I understand Georgia not (laughs) making it. There's part of me that doesn't agree with it, but I understand it. Mm -hmm. But Florida State not making it? Makes no sense. Absurd. Undefeated. Absurd. Undefeated. Well. And won your conference championship. What else do you want them to do? I was reading something this morning. And, you know, so the committee wants to use, well, you know, Jordan Travis, their best player, he was out, you know, blah, blah, blah. But wait a minute. He was out the week before when they lost to Florida, and y'all didn't mind moving them back up in the top four. Right. So why now all of a sudden is it an excuse to move them out? Right. Yep. So that they, they got the bad end of the deal. They did. It, regardless of what people think. Regardless if people think they'd have got blowed out by every team in there. That does not matter. Did they earn the right to be there? Absolutely, yes. Well, I, <clears throat> I uh, saw a post. This was uh, the day. Uh, this was Sunday after the um, committee made their decision, and I, I thought this was interesting. This was a, from a writer down in Florida. He says, and he, this is his quote. His name is Mike Bianchi. He writes for the Orlando Sentinel. He said, and you wonder why college football is considered a cesspool of corruption. What's it tell you about the soul of a sport, which a player being injured is part of the college football playoff criteria, but a coaching staff that cheats, see Michigan, is not part of the selection process? Yeah. 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 It's just wild. I was reading. Hey, boot boot Michigan out, put Florida State in. I'm okay with that. Florida State didn't cheat. Mm -mm. And that's the epitome of being there. Yeah. They overcome obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. Third-string quarterback plays in the the conference championship game. If nothing else, all the adversity they had to overcome to be there, put them there. Put them where they're supposed to be. Think about this. Two weeks in a row, they lost their quarterback. Yeah. They lost uh, Travis the week before Florida. Then in the Florida game, they lost Rodemaker. And they had to play with a third-string true freshman quarterback thrown into the fire. Play a pretty good Louisville team. Mm Mm-hmm. And what impressed me, I think, about Florida State is their defense is legit. I mean, Florida State's defense is is really, really good. And you know, I mean, if you take your defense with you to the playoffs, you gotta you got a fighter's chance. And who knows? I mean, Rodemaker's back for the playoffs. Right. I don't know. I it would have been interesting to have seen if Rodemaker would have played against Louisville. How does the offense look? Does it look any different? And if it does, does that make a difference? I hate it for Florida State, and I just I disagree with a lot of the way things went down. But, um, gosh. I was reading something here. My wife actually brought it to my attention. 
So I went and read it last night. Rhett Roberts shared it on his <clears throat> Facebook page. Okay. If you're friends with him, go and read it. It's basically a letter that was that was released or that was sent from Rick Scott. Yeah, the governor or the senator now. Yes, out of Florida. Mm-hmm. And it's basically demands that are being sent to the college football committee about being transparent in their selection process. And he has requested all types of communications, emails, text messages, phone records between college football, the committees, the the committee members, the committee members and any media person, the committee members and any uh, employee, and you you go and read the whole thing, I'm kind of paraphrasing, uh, between the committee members and ESPN. Mm Between the and it's it's a laundry list of stuff that he has asked for, and he sent it to this the Kerrigan guy, who I guess is the head guy on the committee. Right. Um, and, and so it's very interesting. So you know, if you're friends with Rick, go on and read yeah. it. Um, and uh, you know, now I told my wife. My wife asked me after after I read it. She said, well, "What do you think about it?" I said, "They think they're too high and mighty to answer that. Yeah, they're, they're not, they're not they're going not to answer to. that. They're not going to." Um, and uh, you know, but but again. You know, do I think that FSU is one of the four best teams in the country right now? No. (sighs) With Jordan Jordan Travis? Travis, Yes. With Jordan Travis, they are – that defense is so good. But but at the same time, they belong belong there. They've earned the right to be there. That's exactly right. That's that's my argument. They earned the right to be there. Um, Don't don't punish them because a kid gets hurt. Right. If you want to punish somebody, again, punish Michigan for – Cheating, right? Um, and, and let's let's really look at this thing. And one of the things, one of the teams that's being overlooked in this, who has Washington really played outside of Oregon? Yeah, you know, if you're going to leave an undefeated champion out, Washington should have been that team. They struggled all like they they, they had a lot of one score games all mm-hmm. year. They, um, I mean, they beat the best team they beat was Oregon. They beat them twice. Mm-hmm. It reminds me. It reminds me a lot of the 2006 national championship. There was an argument at the end of the season. Ohio State number one, Michigan number two played each other last game of the season, and Ohio State won a very close fought match. And there was an argument at the end of the season that said, "Hey, let's put Ohio State and Michigan in the title game because that's back when it was BCS and it was, right. they, they picked the top two teams." Florida had just defeated uh, Arkansas, I think, for the national or for the SEC title, mm-hmm. and that was the Arkansas team that had Darren McFadden. They had the Run DMC thing going on, and um, the, Florida did not blow people out, kind of like FSU did in these last couple games without their starting quarterback. Florida just was not blowing people out, but we had already seen that movie. We already knew that. Um, they put Florida in, and, and, and here was the thing. Everybody said, no, well, I don't know why they put Florida in. Florida is – they're going to get killed by Ohio State. Well, they absolutely dominated Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Give Florida State the chance to go prove themselves. Now, again, I say all that to say this. How, how good really is – so when going back to the Ohio State-Michigan thing, well, did those teams look really good because they're two above-average teams playing each other, but we assume they're the two best, or is it legitimately they're the two best? Again, going back to Washington and Oregon, I think Washington's a pretty good football team. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying they're bad. Right, but I think you look at resumes and compare Florida State and Washington, I think you have to put Florida State's resume above Washington's. 
That's just me personally. Okay. So, so I, and, and I just I, looked, I pulled up Washington's schedule. You know, they beat Boise State pretty good. Boise's not, not as good. That's not good. the Boise State from 10 years ago. They beat Tulsa by 33. They beat a very bad Michigan State team. Very bad. 41 to 7. They beat a very bad Cal team. 59 to 32. They beat an average Arizona team by seven. They beat Oregon the first time by three. Mm -hmm. They beat a average to just below average Arizona State team by eight. Mm -hmm. They beat a substandard from what we used to see in Stanford team by nine. Stanford is not very good this year. USC, we found out what they were all about. They yeah. were not very good either. They no. beat them by 10. Mm -hmm. They beat Utah, who Utah has turned out to be not what we thought they were at the mm -hmm. start of the year. They beat them by seven. Yeah. They beat Oregon State by two. Mm -hmm. They beat Washington State by three. And then Oregon again by three. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, granted, <clears throat> I know we're talking last year to this year. Last football season. Yeah, and by the way, they season. had to beat Washington State on a last-second field Like, they kicked a field goal at the end of the week. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. And Washington State had opportunities – to win, to, to win the game. Right. Okay, and I know we're going to compare last year to this year, and I get that, but just this is the only comparison that we have. Georgia played Oregon last year. Mm -hmm. Georgia beat Oregon 49-3. to three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a um, – I think if you're going to compare resumes and you're going to leave a undefeated conference champion out, you leave the Pac-12 conference champion out. Um, but that's the team nobody's talking about. Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of got a mulligan. Everybody else is going after the Texas, the Alabama. The, yeah. Why did Florida State get left out? Why did Georgia get dropped so far down? But, you know, two of the most undeserving teams in there might possibly be Washington and Michigan. Yeah. And nobody's really talking about them. Uh, you got me on a rant. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, listen, the NCAA has a really great – they're, they're really – they have a good knack at, at well, doing those kinds of things, you know, getting some, everybody stirred up. And, and somebody said in another article I read, they were like, well, you know, here's the NCAA's answer to this. Well, next time – we won't have to worry about this anymore because next year it'll be 12 teams. That That's their get-off-my-back statement. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, it, it's whatever. I, I think that the Georgia-FSU you know, game mm – -hmm. Depending on who decides to opt in, who decides to opt out, you know, this is one of those games now where, you, you know, I don't know. I did read an article this morning um, where they had asked Ken, Kendall Milton, running back at Georgia, about opting out. He said, absolutely not. Um, that, you know, basically you, you finish the drill, so to speak. Um, you know, you don't know Brock Bowers. I, I did read a message, though, that Brock Bowers had put out. It was kind of cryptic. And I'll tell you how I took it um, is uh, – none of it really mattered to me except the very end of it. And he said something about this is far from over. Well, and, and so all I can I, say is Brock Bowers needs to go ahead and turn pro. <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know whether he means this is yeah. far from over, we're going to be back in the Orange Bowl, or this is far from over, I'm going to be back, or I, I don't know. Yeah. As a business decision, you're absolutely right. That's what he needs to do. As a fan, you know, you know, and, and he has shown that, you know, they tried to get him after he got hurt. 
some some agents had tried to give him a little bit of advice. Hey, just sit out the rest of the year. Your draft stock is high. You know, don't 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 go back and get yourself hurt and you know hurt your draft stock. And he basically said, I'm going back and playing. I don't mm-hmm. care what you say. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I know what my gut's telling me his direction will be, but I hope my heart overrides my gut and, and McConkey too. I mm-hmm. mean, McConkey's is draft eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see where Vandergriff hit the portal. Yeah, that was to be expected. It was. I mean, he was going. He was going to sit there. Beck will be back. A lot of them are talking about him going pro. Beck will be back next year. Um, and you've got Stockton sitting behind him. And then Raola, Raola coming, coming in. in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so w- one of the places that, that they'll have to fix next year is running back. And But anyway, I know this ain't just a Georgia show. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the playoffs will be interesting. I, I think with the way it's set up now, um, to me – I think they've all but handed Alabama another national championship. I do personally. Um, I don't think Michigan can play with them. I don't think Michigan plays physical enough to play with them. Um, I think it'll be them in Texas again. I would love to see an Alabama-Texas rematch. Thank you. I think you're going to get to see it. Um, And it's hard to beat a good team twice. It is. It is. Well, and listen, listen, make no arguments about it. That The Alabama team – now is not that same team that they played in week one. Milro no, no, no. has grown so much as a quarterback. They've grown so much as a team offensively. The defense has been there, but offensively they've grown so much. Um, that's not the same team. And um, I'm but, not so sure – I'm not so sure Texas is – I don't know. I'm not so sure Texas didn't regress as the year went on. Well, you know, <clears throat> one of the things for Alabama and, and, and Georgia done it to a certain extent, Milro – is either going to hurt you running the ball, that's where he's going to hurt you the most, or either throwing it deep. Yep. Because that's what he does. Yeah. Um, and if you can keep him from running, and like I said, he he broke a few runs on Georgia. I think for the most part they did a decent job of containing <clears throat> him. Um, but it's just his ability. I mean, that's like me and you. I mean. As old as we are, if we sit back there long enough, we'll find somebody open. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I was shocked that Georgia's game plan on him. I I really thought Georgia was going to blitz, bring a lot of pressure, make him make quick decisions, and get the ball. out They of his did hand. more spying than they did yeah. did uh, did that. I, I noticed that now that you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they were double spying. Yeah. Um, it was like they didn't want him to get it. Now, listen, if you blitz and get out of your lane and he hits it, I mean, he's going to run for a while. That's but, right. But um, I just don't think – I don't know. My, my opinion of Milrow is is he's not accurate in the intermediate stuff and he doesn't get the ball out of his hand quick. Right. I mean, if you looked at a lot of his stuff, I mean, he would stand there and hold the ball forever. Right. That tells me he doesn't read a defense really well or that they covered up real well. Well, Man, just bring the house. Yeah. If you get if you get burnt, I'd rather get burnt that. I'd rather get burnt that way. I'd rather you hit me with one kill shot over the top than get than die by a thousand cuts. That's right. <laughs> so, That's right. So, well, yeah. it'll be interesting. I think yeah. bowl season kicks off December the sixteenth. Uh, I think it is. Mm. Um, I think one of the biggest mismatches in the bowls: Oregon and Liberty. Yeah, Liberty's gonna find out real oh, quick. My. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, they're gonna. But find I out do. Real quick. I, you know, I do think there's some good matchups through here. Well, the big the big thing, Bill, about all these playoff games, and you mentioned it a while ago, who opts out and who stays in. Right. And 
unfortunately what we end up getting is a bunch of watered down college football games it, it becomes glorified spring scrimmages mm-hmm. because you've got a bunch of guys who aren't household names playing and uh anyway uninspired football a lot of times you know st- statewide um really quick just local local teams if you want to call it that georgia southerns playing in the myrtle beach bowl against ohio uh i saw where georgia tech was playing central florida in the gasparilla bowl uh georgia state's playing utah state in the famous idaho potato bowl what, what got, happened like, what happened to the holiday bowl and the you know the sun bowl and the aloha bowl yeah 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 it's, it's uh, you know but yeah, uh right. and then of course georgia and and florida state in the uh in the orange bowl but um that's going to be one of the if if those two teams keep their players that's going to be one of the better i think non championship games missouri, the best missouri and ohio state the cotton bowl could be a good one yeah and that may be what we do in one of our other podcasts. Is yeah. we'll, we'll look a yeah. little closer at those. Yeah. Speaking of community news, anything? Uh, Christmas we, Christmas parade and uh, not on the town this Thursday. Thursday. I believe the Christmas parade. You can go and check the Chamber of Commerce's Facebook page, and it'll tell you. I think the parade is at six. Uh, the parade will be on Cherry Street, which is a street that runs uh, by or in front of the police department, uh, down by runs parallel to one twenty nine Irwin Avenue. Uh, the parade will be, I think, at 6 o'clock, and then afterwards you'll have vendors and, and people out on, on Cherry Street around Cherry and Forth and down that way. Um, and some of the businesses, I'm sure the shops will be open and stuff yep. like that. And uh, so, you know, come out, come see the parade, come, uh, you know, visit our local businesses and, and, and local people. And um, uh, that's that's pretty much it um, as far as, um, you know, town notes uh they did have christmas at the park this last week big success i've heard a lot of good things uh from people with the city and from people who attended it um so so big success there hats off to to tammy and and tracy and all those at the at the chamber for that and um we just look forward to we getting into christmas season yeah you know and uh we got our christmas tree put up the other day and um got ours put up at the police department and so I'm just I'm I'm getting excited for the for the season of what it means and you know just make sure we we keep that frame of mind in it. Right. Well, and it'll be over before you know it. Again, back to life is a vapor. Yeah. It, it will be it will blink and we'll be talking about New Year's. But uh, hey, we uh, we enjoyed the Bill. I enjoyed the conversation today. Yes. Uh, for all the podcast listeners, we hope you enjoyed the podcast as well. And we'll be back next week. Next week we'll unpack the state championship games, unpack basketball a little bit. You know, uh, high school and uh, middle school basketball as we get ready for middle school playoffs. And um, we're getting down to the last uh, couple podcasts for the year uh, over Christmas break. We will not have any podcasts, but. Thanks again for listening. Hope you all have a great rest of your week.